Hello, everyone, and welcome to This is Growing Old, a podcast from the Alliance for Aging Research. I'm Sue Peshin, President and CEO of the Alliance for Aging Research. Today, in recognition of Age-Related Macular Degeneration Awareness Month, we'll be talking about age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. Although AMD rarely causes complete blindness, it can lead to a loss of sharp central vision and cause legal blindness without proper treatment. Here with me today to talk more about AMD is Martha Taggart, a science writer for the Bright Focus Foundation. Martha, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Sue, for having me to talk about AMD. It's, it's an important topic and yeah, one of the leading um, causes of legal blindness in the world. Well, I'm excited that we're gonna dig in then. So first of all, Please explain to our audience, what is age-related macular degeneration, and how much of a problem is it for people as they grow older? Yes. Well, um, AMD is um, it's a disease that stems from biological causes and aging, including aging. It's not from a virus or an, it's not an infectious disease, and it's also not a normal part of the eye's aging. Um, many people, uh, their vision, they have to get a stronger prescription as they grow older, or they have problems with close vision and have to get reader glasses, can't thread a needle. And um, that's due to other sort of mechanical problems in the eye. But AMD is a form of neurodegeneration, and which means that the photoreceptors of the eye can actually die, and um, which are, are nerve cells, neurons. And um, this happens uh, in part because as the eye ages, its maintenance level gets less strong, uh, the maintenance needed to keep it functioning. And uh, that includes clearing it of toxins and getting um, oxygen and nourishment to the photoreceptors. All of that doesn't work as well. And sometimes fatty deposits begin to build up in the eye. They're called drusen, and they can be the first sign of AMD. And uh, they, um, as they as they build up, they can create further problems. Other problems are free radicals, kind of wacky molecules that uh, are begin to collect in tissue from things from toxic exposures to things like smoke, bad diet, exposure to sun, and so forth. And all of this creates an inflammatory process in the eye and a disease process that begins to call, cause further wear and tear. And at, at its start, this can impact the tissues that surround the retina, which is at the very back of the eye, that nourish the retina and the center of the retina, the macula. And um, when it gets worse, it can cause photoreceptors themselves to die which leads to uh, loss of sight in, in macular degeneration in this central focused area. So you, you can still see, you know, the, the it, it's as if you could, you're looking at a picture and you can see everything around it, but you can't see what's in the frame. And this, this can create a big problem for people. Um, we, we've learned that as they age, some of the things people fear most are loss of mind and loss of sight. And, you know, these are vital to our independence and our, our being able to function and enjoy life. And imagine how scary it would be if you thought, I'm not going to be able to focus in on the, um, 
the faces of my kids or my grandkids or you know, be able to recognize friends across the room. Okay, well, this sounds like a lot is going on in the body at a you know, very sort of deep level as this disease develops. Are there any warning signs that people should know about? And what are the symptoms that happen maybe prior to actually losing your sight? Well, that's the problem. There aren't a lot of warning signs. The, various, the very earliest warning signs are picked up by a doctor in a, in a special type of eye exam, which is different from getting your vision checked. It's called a comprehensive eye exam. And it's where the doctor looks into the back of your eye with special instruments. It requires a bit of time because you have to dilate the eye beforehand. And with that, uh, the, your eye doctor can visualize these drusen developing and depending on where they are and how many there are, uh, can get a sense of how, uh, how advanced your disease is. So uh, it's recommended that people begin to get one of these comprehensive eye exams um, once a year, or at least once every other year, once they hit 60 or so, and sometimes earlier if you have risk factors. Um, and AMD can if it also cause some distortion of sight. Uh, and to detect that, um, what's useful is something known as an Amsler grid. It's basically like a tiny eye chart that has these lines on it. And if you have AMD, the lines that are straight to anyone with uh, correct vision will appear wavy. And Amsler grids, Bright Focus, my organization, puts out an Amsler grid on a refrigerator magnet that you can request for free by uh, getting in touch with them. But those are some of the some of the warning signs. That's great to know. And how do how do people get the order the the magnet from you all? Is there a you know something on your website or an email that they should send? Um, call or write Bright Focus, all one word. And if you just Google it, um, the website should pop up. But yeah, just call and request it. Um, if you go to the website, I would say just type in the search bar Amsler Grid, and uh, it's A M S L E R uh, to request it. Great. I'm glad you spelled it. I never would have guessed that. Okay. How is AMD treated? In its earliest stages, your, uh, your eye doctor may just choose to wait and watch uh, uh, to see um, what's happening in your eye um, if your vision isn't threatened and, uh, and also recommend that you follow an eye-healthy diet, which is basically a Mediterranean-type diet with uh, the eye loves lots of leafy green vegetables and color on the plate, fish, uh, less red meat and starchy foods. And um, exercise, because exercise helps the blood flow, which carries nourishment and oxygen to the eyes. So all those are good things and key to prevention and, um, and helping slow the disease is, you know, sun protection for your eyes and um, staying away from smoke. And um, in intermediate stages, there's, uh, there are eye vitamins that have been uh, tested in, in a huge two huge clinical trials run by the National Eye Institute called the ARID studies, age-related eye disease studies. And that resulted in a proven vitamin regimen that helps slow down the disease. And there's information about that um, all over the web, including at the Bright Focus site. Um, 
Advanced AMD, the disease can take one of two forms. You can get wet AMD, which is by far the most common, 90%. By the way, this is when your vision really starts getting uh, threatened. The, the loss of vision is threatened. Um, in wet AMD, uh, to, to compensate for this inf uh, inflammation that's going on in the eye, the eye will um, grow these leaky blood vessels, leaky tiny blood vessels near the retina. And they're a problem in themselves. They can obscure the vision and you know, block nutrients to the cells. And that needs to be stopped. So there, um, we're, we're lucky uh, that there were really great drugs for this developed about 15 years ago and have been in use. It's, they're difficult. You have to have an injection in the back of the eye, eye injections, usually monthly. But having these um, these injections have, has saved so much sight. Um, in dry AMD or geographic atrophy is the advanced form of dry AMD. There, the cells atrophy, and a doctor looking at them will just see regions of dead cells in your on your retina in the macula, and uh, that's how the disease got named. That there hasn't really been a treatment. It's been a very uh, scary situation for people with geographic atrophy. Uh, and now, thankfully, uh, there is are some late stage clinical trials uh, developing some new drugs for that. So really, we're in a very hopeful time also for geographic atrophy, thanks to research. And it's been it's been a long time coming. Oh, that's, that's very good to hear, especially because it, it does seem like the difference between, you know, being in sort of a severe stage and the types of treatments that are currently available, while they're definitely hopeful and helpful, that there could be more work done, and particularly in the area of dry AMD, as you mentioned. So what, what, what type of research is Bright Focus investing in? What, what, what else is happening in research in this area? There's a lot going on with AMD. Um, Bright Focus is, um, is focusing at the very basic research levels on ways to preserve, uh, to, to even prevent AMD by looking at some of the down, downstream indicators of it, um, a downstream, upstream, I always get those two confused, but you know, before it actually develops into disease. Um, we put out a yearbook every uh, of all our grant projects in, in macular degeneration every year. And uh, there are about 40 projects um, totaling several million dollars that we're funding right at this point in time. Um, and we're also, um, some of the things that are going on for all these different types of the disease in, um, in for wet AMD, which is the most common type, uh, there's uh, a lot of development of new longer acting anti-VEGF drugs that raise the hope that you might not have to get those injections every single month. You might be able to go longer. Um, already there are, a, there's a drug on the market that's got a longer interval of two months or four months. And um, there may be eventually in late stage trials now, there are implants that would take you up to a six month, you know, and refillable so that your drug can just sit there in your eye and, you know, you won't have to, again, get the injection every month. And even a form of gene therapy that would um, uh, essentially create a little drug factory in your eye. So it conceivably a lifetime treatment. In geographic atrophy, uh, 
researchers are looking for new therapies that essentially rescue the tissue. Usually these both types of AMD, AMD starts in the tissue that nourishes the retina. So looking at ways to rescue that tissue by infusing it with um, nutrients and, and uh, stopping the disease process. Um, some, of, some of them gene therapy uh, based and others just um, more of a traditional drug. Um, and there's also a lot of progress in, um, in research to regenerate sight. Uh, one of the problems AMD is, it, it, one of the things that makes it such a problem is that it's, uh, you can't regenerate your eye cells. And when vision is lost, it's lost. But uh, we're looking at ways to even replace the tissue underneath the retina so that the uh, photoreceptors don't die. And uh, there's, there's been a lot of progress um, and push in this direction uh, in AMD too. It's one of the best areas to restore a site because you don't really, you just have to, to keep those photoreceptors alive. You don't have to wire into the brain as you do with some other vision diseases. That's fascinating. Thank you so much for that overview. Really good to hear about. What advice do you have for someone who has just received an AMD diagnosis? AMD kind of has to be uh, taken, you know, if there's an adjustment period, of course, but you, you have to uh, treat it kind of like any chronic disease where you begin to manage, uh, manage it as best you can um, on your own and with the help of your doctor. The first thing you need to do is make sure that you and your doctor are a good team. Uh, you make decisions together. You're happy with the treatment um, approach. And uh, to in in once that's that's understood, then to follow that medical advice because it's really important to uh, get your monthly injections if you have wet AMD and to take your ARIDS vitamins if you're in that intermediate stage and and before even that to get those regular comprehensive eye exams so that your doctor can follow the progress. Um, then if if you are diagnosed. Um, you have to look at the other side of your, your house. You have to prepare for may, um, developing low vision. And that means look at your lighting sources, make sure you have lots of light. Look at any uh, uh, danger spots. Uh, people with AMD uh, and losing that central vision might have problems with, you know, stairs are really important and landings and places where there's a step down. Those have to be clearly marked with contrasting colors. And um, that you can actually bring experts into your house to help you, um, they're called low vision specialists, to help you make some of the adjustments that you need to make. Um, there's also a lot of e adaptive equipment technologies for, uh, for being able to you know, function at work and at home with lower vision. Uh, computer screens can be adjusted in terms of background contrast, size of type. Um, you can get books on tape, books in large print. You can, uh, if you have the right um, smartphone, you can blow up the type on that and even get phones with larger buttons to accommodate your, uh, your low vision. And then foremost is just staying informed about your disease. And uh, sometimes that can happen through support groups. You know, uh, word of mouth is a really 
great way to get good information. And there are, you can ask your eye doctor about support groups in the area. Um, Bright Focus also has a monthly chat. You just go to our website or even go to Google and, and type in Bright Focus chats or Bright Focus macular chats. And you will um, get on the list if you're interested in listening to those. Once a month, we bring on an expert to speak. And um, we're also forming a Facebook group um, called uh, Community Circle. Um, again, just Google Bright Focus on Facebook or um, uh, search Bright Focus on Facebook and that should put you in touch with that. Support groups can be a, a big help. That's great. That is great to know. And it's also terrific to keep reminding people about your website. So thank you. We know February is AMD Awareness Month. How many people actually live with AMD and why do you think an Awareness Month is so important? Yeah, um, it's estimated that 11 million Americans have AMD. And, you know, I just did a rough, rough lookup, you know, in, in contrast, um, about 30 million Americans have heart disease. Um, we, and this is all forms, you know, beginning to, the, to later stages. And um, so thankfully, AMD isn't, you know, isn't life-threatening as heart disease can be, but, um, but that's still a sizable number of people when you think about a third as many people have this eye disease as, as do heart disease. Um, so that's about how many people, and it's, awareness is so important. We're so happy for the opportunity to, um, to partner with you to make people more aware of this disease in this Awareness Month. Uh, because it's it's a disease that um, that many people don't know a lot about or know that they need to get these comprehensive eye exams with aging. Um, we all cherish our sight, but sometimes we take it a little bit for granted. And with AMD, time lost can be vision loss. So, um, so knowing about it and uh, getting things checked out before it gets to be a problem is, is really important. That's, that's a great, and I like the tagline. The thing I was most surprised to learn about, and we learned about it through our Talk Nerdy to Me program, because we have people with AMD that participate in that, is how much smoking is a risk factor for AMD. You hear about lung cancer and you know, even heart problems and all that related to smoking, but you rarely hear about AMD. Right, right. But you can imagine what an irritant it is to the eye. And, you know, these neural tissues, they're really delicate. You know, when you think about, um, you know, we don't, we don't get to uh, get right up close to our brain tissue, right? But, um, but our eyes, even though the retina is in a protected spot in the back of the eye, but you know, they're, they're exposed to a lot. And smoking is one of the biggest risks. I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch things up on you now, Martha, and I'm just gonna ask you, when you were a kid, what did you imagine growing older would be like? I, um, when I was a five-year-old, that's where I decided to put myself in time. Um, I, you know, uh, grown-ups, as we called them then, I didn't really differentiate between people my parents' age or my grandparents' age, but, you know, they all seemed powerful. They seemed to know what they were doing. And I never really imagined that they were struggling with really major issues, you know, and when it comes to grandparents, they're almost certainly struggling with some, a lot of changes and health issues. And 
I, I never really imagined that that struggle was going on. I, I think that's a really good point. It's like we we see them as having all the decision-making authority, right? They get to pretty much do whatever they want. And I think kids are less adept at kind of picking up on issues. And also people were more stoic in previous generations, right? You weren't supposed to talk about things. So what do you enjoy most about growing older now? Well, um, I actually kind of like the fact that you can be more more stoic and resilient. I like the fact that you have that inner strength that, you know, whatever problem this day brings or this year doesn't have to become your sole focus, you know, uh, because you've been tested before and you'll get through this too. And, um, and that we have the capability of changing. I think that's really important. And to some extent, um, uh, fashioning our, our later years the way we want them to. There's this Lena Dunham quote, you know, she's, she's an unlikely role model for me maybe, but um, once I came across this quote from her that it goes like something like, I like the fact that life is long and things change. And I thought, that's, that's it, you know, <laughs> I like that too, Lena. And um, uh, I think that as we grow older, we can handle a lot of things if we just have the uh, capability to adapt and to, um, and to change where we need to, you know, look at how well people have been getting through, you know, this crazy past year. And, um, and so that's what I like, that sense of confidence and inner strength. I love it. I think that's great. It's so true. It's like, as you get older, you realize like you don't just get one chance or something doesn't have to be the end of the world. I think that's a really good reminder. Martha, thank you so much for being on our show today. It's really been wonderful talking to you. That's all for this week's episode. We encourage you to follow the Alliance on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit us at agingresearch.org to learn more about age-related conditions, including AMD and the work that we've done with Bright Focus and some short films, diseases and other issues that impact the health of older Americans are also located there. So please just check us out and subscribe now and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much and have a great day.